House Majority Whip James Clyburn joins us today for CQ Roll Call's occasional series on Congress and social justice policies. I'm Jason Dick, CQ Roll Call's Deputy Editor for News. Our interview took place as George Floyd, whose May 25th death at the hands of Minneapolis police sparked calls for racial justice, was laid to rest in his hometown of Houston. Clyburn discussed why this moment in history is different, House Democrats' legislation to overhaul policing, the Justice Department, Senator Tom Cotton's call to use the military against protesters, and Senator Rand Paul's opposition to anti-lynching legislation. Congressman Clyburn did not mince words. How are you doing, Congressman? I'm okay, thank you. Thank you for joining us. Um, you know, we're we're at a, what feels like a real inflection point for our country. Uh, you and your House Democratic colleagues have unveiled legislation this week that would overhaul policing in the United States. Uh, is this just the first kind of legislation that's going to address some of the racial and societal inequities that people are talking about? Is housing, education, healthcare, stuff like that next down the line? Well, it's a, it's a comprehensive piece of legislation. Uh, it's not the first by any means. In fact, I think that um, uh, what you'll find with this legislation is that many parts of this uh, bill have been around for a while. Demilitarizing the police, uh, Hank Johnson, for as long as he's been in the Congress, uh, has been pushing legislation to get these tanks and all these big uh, weapons of war out of these police departments. Uh, For some reason, I guess it was after 9-11, you saw the police departments all over uh, the country uh, building themselves up as if they're, they're some kind of a standing army. So we've been trying to get rid of that. Uh, Hakeem Jeffries uh, has had to chokehold in legislation uh, ever since uh, the gentleman up in um, uh, New York died from the chokehold, and they never could get it passed. Now, on yesterday, uh, New York has, has passed a law. They could have passed a long time ago, uh, and that's in this bill outlawing things like the chokehold, uh, patterns in practice. We had that around. It was there. Uh, Jeff Sessions, on his way out the door, got rid of patterns in practice. So if you look at this bill, uh, there's a lot of stuff that we've been trying to do for a long time. We just wrapped it up into one big comprehensive bill now. Uh, so that uh, is, is where we are. But so much of this has been around the Congressional Black Caucus working on this stuff for a long, long time. And if you just, you mentioned healthcare. How long have I been trying to get community health centers fully funded? Um, If we had community health centers fully funded uh, with a community health center within, I say community distance of everybody in this country, which uh, Bernie Sanders and I worked together, had it in the the bill, the so-called Recovery Act, uh, ARRA back in 2009, and every time they needed some money, they kept raiding it. Uh, I don't believe we'd be having this big problem we have with healthcare now if we had had that. What would be we wouldn't have, uh, uh, broadband? I've been uh, ten years trying to get the country to take a look at putting broadband in these rural communities. Uh, that would solve a healthcare problem uh, if you had telehealth. So all these this legislation is just pulling all that stuff together that's been floating around out there forever in the one big bill. 
What is it that is different about this time? I mean, some of these other cases, you mentioned the Eric Garner uh, case in New York a few years back, uh, who said the same things that uh, as when he was killed, I can't breathe. Uh, Rodney King in the 90s, Michael Brown in 2014. What is it that set off this kind of reaction in the streets and in legislatures and in the Congress? Why is it different this time than it was then? Because everybody's seen it all this time. Every time think of this had happened, even take Walter Scott, my constituent in North Charleston, South Carolina, running away from the police, shot in the back. We were not able to see the gentleman on his way to work in the barbershop, saw what was taking place, the cops chasing this guy. He decided to use his device to videotape it, and we could see him getting shot in the back. We were not able to see what happened before that. And the police department put their own explanation on what happened before that. We also saw what happened after that. And we saw that policeman attempting to plant something near the body. So this kind of stuff has been going on forever. And the black community has been saying forever, look, man, this this guy had no gun. Case after case up in New York uh, that I've heard my colleagues talk about. But this time. They saw everything before the killing. They saw the whole eight minutes and 42 seconds of the killing. They saw three people. Everybody keeps talking about the knee on his neck. Nobody talked about those other two guys. One had his knee in his back and one had his knee across his legs. There were three knees on that man. But you keep talking about one knee. No. This guy was killed. He was lynched. Now, I know every time somebody talk about lynching, you think about hanging. Look up the definition of lynch. This gentleman was lynched. A classic lynching. Your uh, South Carolina colleague, Republican uh, Senator Tim Scott, he briefed his fellow Republican senators today about some legislation that he's working on, uh, policing legislation. Have you uh, had the opportunity to talk to Senator Scott about some areas that you might be able to work on together? No, I have not. It seems like the conflict between the House and Senate is uh, uh, well-worn over the last couple of years. What are some areas that you think are the most likely you can agree on um, for, for this, you know, this kind of legislative effort? I don't know what it is, but as an institution, the Senate seems to be dedicated to turning the clock back. I don't know why that is, but it's pretty clear to me When we were putting together the CARES Act, I said during a conference call with my colleagues that the Democratic Caucus called upon my life growing up in a little town of Sumter. We used to say the Pledge of Allegiance every morning. And I talked about this on yesterday at the press conference on yesterday. That pledge closes with a vision. Liberty and justice for all. And I said in that bill, this is a tremendous opportunity for us to restructure our healthcare system to deliver liberty and justice for all. I said our vision, that's the vision of this country. Now, Mitch McConnell gets goes to the Senate floor and mocks my comments 
bloggers all over the uh, atmosphere. Every time I uh, heard from somebody, they sent me some blogger mocking my comments. So when we get to the point where we can, can, can uh, uh, demonize people for wanting liberty and justice for everybody, when we get to the point where the Senate seems to be dedicated to doing nothing but uh, confirming unqualified judges, not that I say they're unqualified, the American Bar Association, looking at these judges that are being nominated by this president, calling them unqualified to be a federal judge. But Mitch McConnell is putting them on the bench for a lifetime anyway. The last one being from his home state of Kentucky, one of his protégés. And the, the American Bar Association said, uh, Association said he is unqualified to be a federal judge, but they're confirming him anyway. So that's what the Senate is dedicated to. They are devolving this country into a bunch of unqualified jurists. And the same thing seems to hold true. Here is his fellow senator raising objection to the Emmett Till anti-lynching law. Why would the United States senator refuse to allow an anti-lynching law to go forward? And this was after the lynching in plain view that everybody in the world saw, and he's still against an anti-lynching law. Why is it in this country we have never been able to say it is against the law to lynch somebody? Come on, man. Your, uh, your, your colleagues in the uh, Judiciary Committee are going to have a policing hearing on Wednesday. What are you expecting to be the big takeaways there? Oh, I think they're going to, it's going to be on this bill. Uh, I think it's a good bill. I don't think it's a, a perfect bill. None is. Uh, I would hope that patterns in practice, patterns in practice of all things, looking at the police department, look at the patterns, look at the practices. What was uh, uh, Sessions' gift to the world when he left? Get rid of patterns in the practice. And I'll be saying, if you got a police department that's shooting people. In Minneapolis, I think they said they got, what, 10 or 11? I forgot what the number of, of, of killings by the police up there. That's why they're talking about getting rid of the police department. They're not talking about getting rid of policing. They're talking about getting rid of that police department that seemed to be a cesspool. And they keep talking about Camden, New Jersey. I don't know why people won't write the truth about it, or at least the full story. Camden, New Jersey got rid of, a, of their police department. They did not get rid of policing. They brought the county in to do the policing. And they hired uh, some private on the private contract to do the policing. So nobody is defunding police. They are defunding a department. Last question. Uh, what else should Congress be doing at this moment? Um, I mean, with, with oversight uh, in, in ways that you can expand investigations, um, what, what do you think else that, that you'd like to see Congress doing? I, I'd like to see them pass this bill. If Congress passed this bill, and this, this, these laws are enforced, it will revolutionize policing in this country. You know and I know that law enforcement and policing in this country are built upon two pillars that are conflicting by nature. One pillar upon which white people sit, who came to this country of their own free will, seeking freedom 
and justice, leaving tyranny. The other pillar, black people, came to this country against their will, chained, shackled, and enslaved. And we've built the whole law enforcement and policing upon those two conflicting pillars. That's what law enforcement built upon. You know it, and I know it. And we ought to stop pretending like Cotton, Senator Cotton, because say somebody that he's from Arkansas. When the Army 82nd Airborne was sent, or was the 101st, into Arkansas, because the local police were intimidating little children trying to go to school in 1957. And it was Republican president that sent the Army in there to stop law enforcement people from beating up little school children. And he's going to make We'll write some article in the New York Times, uh, print that garbage. Come on, we know better. Well, Congressman, thank you so much for your time. Um, I, know, I, know, I know it's very busy up there, but thank you for taking some time to talk to us about the legislation. Thank you. I appreciate it. That's going to do it for today's podcast. We'll be back on Wednesday with the most pressing policy news of the day, whether it's on this policing legislation, the latest on the coronavirus pandemic, or something we haven't even thought of. It's been that kind of year. I'm Jason Dick. For everyone at the CQ Roll Call Newsroom, thanks for listening.